Welcome back to Humanity Unlocked. I am your host, Kimberly Diet, and today I am super excited because we have Katera Ross, licensed marriage and family therapist, back with me in the studio this week to discuss a hot topic in our world these days. Many people have heard of it, some have experience with it, and others have struggled trying to implement it because it's not necessarily something we are taught. We are talking about the topic of boundaries. And it's funny because literally whenever this word comes up in conversations, whoever I'm speaking to, they always reply jokingly with the question, what is a boundary? Like, <laughs> like people just don't have them. So today we will answer that question and others, so sit tight. But before we launch into our conversation, we have some exciting news. Katera has been a guest on the podcast multiple times. And when I interviewed her months back, she announced her plans to open a private practice by the end of the year. And it is now official. Katera opened up her practice in December. And at the time of this recording, she is taking new clients. So for those who are new, Katera Ross is an LMFT specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, solution-focused brief therapy, as well as motivational interviewing. Katera has over 20 years of experience working with a multitude of mental health disorders and conditions, including but not limited to anxiety, depression, OCD, ADHD, and PTSD. She offers marriage and family counseling, individual one-on-one -on -one counseling, and also therapy for children. I'm not sure, though, like what age do you do with children? Uh, 15 and up. 15 and up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So over the, over the age of 14. The name of her practice is Think Well Mental Health Services, and you can find Katera online at thinkwell.health. I will be sure to leave a link in the show notes for those who want to get in touch. But before I move on, I do want to cover a few basic questions for, if that's okay, for, sure. for our listeners, for anyone who's maybe considering therapy or who is looking for a new therapist. Let's maybe start with me asking on behalf of them, um, what should they expect during like an initial intake with you? Um, so basically, I'm just going to gather information, primarily the reason why they're seeking therapy, um, what are the primary concerns, um, their symptoms, if anxiety, depression, um, anger, um, whatever stressors they're encountering, um, current symptoms, um, and what their behavior looks like. Um, I also club like family history in terms of their family's relationships, um, their family's uh, history of medical and mental health issues, because that's a big, important piece right. to know. Um, and then also collecting information about the client's mental health history, any previous diagnoses, um, any medications that they're currently are they were used they used to take, um, and how they reacted to the or responded to those medications, um, and then just kind of do like a men, mental health status exam, just kind of like seeing how they present during the intake assessment, um, their speech, their behaviors, their presentation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically the overall just getting a lot of history from the client. So it's not so much a therapy session that first time. It's just you okay understanding what your jumping out point will be. If yeah. you guys choose to continue to work together. Okay. Your practice is located in Gold River and right in the area of Rancho Cordova, um, an area of Rancho Cordova. Is virtual therapy still an option for them now? Yes. I okay. do both in-person appointments and as uh, telehealth appointments as well. Okay. And we've talked about this. Um, there is a preference, I think, for in-person. We've talked about, and that's why I do my podcast in person, because <laughs> it is so hard to do to connect with somebody over a screen. I always tell people, um, I recommend doing in-person as much as possible if you want to get, um, I don't know. I mean, do you find that? Am I crazy? Am I the only one that feels that way? Oh, no, absolutely. I prefer in-person as well because you get so much more from the therapy session. Yeah. It's really getting to know the client. Um, but then I know the convenience of doing telehealth. So what I do offer is I, I try to encourage the client to at least come for the intake assessment in person. So right. I can meet them and they can meet me and have like a connection. 
Um, and if they can't make in person, then we'll just do the telehealth appointments. Or maybe just do like once a month in person. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, obviously people are busy and, you know, if they're not from that area of town or whatever. Um, in terms of cost, um, I believe there's an insurance calculator on your website where people can get the estimate for their out of pocket. If yes, yeah, okay, and that's that's still on there. Yeah. So how does that work? They just put in their insurance information and it calculates yeah. it. Just put in their name, their member ID of their insurance plan, and then it was like on a calculate. Okay, cool. And then your hours are what? Um, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. The last question: best way to schedule right now? The best way to schedule is to either contact me because um, I don't have an option yet on my website to kind of book appointments um, because I do like to do a free 15 minute phone consultation first just to kind of get to know the client, make sure that I'm a good fit for them as a therapist. Yeah. Um, but the best way is to have them either email me directly or just um, contact me by phone. Okay, perfect. And all that information's on your website? All of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is, again, think, I'm going to link it. Yeah. Thinkwell.health. Think well yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Moving on to the topic of today's episode. I've asked Katera to join me to discuss a topic that feels particularly relevant this time of year around the holidays and always really, but it's the topic of boundaries, how to set boundaries, how to enforce and maintain them, why having strong boundaries is important in some relationships, um, talk about the anxieties we have surrounding the issue. A lot of us know we need to get better at this, but I think um, we either don't know how, or if we do know, we're afraid to create one because of, you know, out of fear, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so Katira, before we started identifying the different styles and types, um, let me ask, how how often is this coming up, like with your clients? And what what is the biggest challenge that people are having with it? I mean, this topic particularly, pretty much almost in every situation comes up pretty pretty often every therapy session because clients do want to set boundaries they just don't know how to go about doing that and there's that whole fear of rejection the fear of like hurting the person's feelings so really I would probably say most of my clients at some point or another talk about battery we talk about batteries mm -hmm. um because you know they don't have they don't have clear boundaries with family with friends and it impacts their mental health mm -hmm. so it comes up really, really frequently. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because it could be what's best for you, but in the, but meanwhile, you're what's best for you. You don't want to lose the relationship. Right. So it's like walking that fine line mm -hmm. that we all, I think, struggle with. It's like a, a doing what is best for us while maintaining our, I mean, yeah, it's just, okay, we're going to get into all this. Um, okay. When you have a client who, who is wanting to set them um, with another person in their life and doesn't know how, or they're nervous, Walk us through that. How do you advise them to approach it with the person that they need to? Well, I mean, yeah, this is the tricky part. And this is why people don't set boundaries because they get really scared about this process. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, you have to know what your boundaries are. And if a client doesn't know that we kind of explore that in therapy um, and it should be based on your values um, or the things that you know are important to you. Um, and it's important to remember like your boundaries are yours and yours alone because it gets too enmeshed where they kind of take their boundaries and make it about someone else's boundaries. Right. Um, and then many of their boundaries, you know, might align with those who are close to you, but sometimes those boundaries will be unique. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you really have to know what your boundaries are before you enter a particular situation or even like a discussion. Um, and this will make it less likely that you'll do something that you're not comfortable with doing. Right. It, well, I, I think it's also interesting because like the first thing you said, your boundaries are unique to you because my, I am very aware that I have boundaries that other people don't. 
um, it, it, you probably, uh, because of my health issues, mm-hmm. like I have to, I have right. to, it's the only way I can stay well. Um, and I am a recovering people pleaser. So I would like literally, um, work myself into the ground, trying to please everybody around me and I would suffer. And so I have boundaries that most people don't have to worry about because they don't have the same issues I have. So a lot of times people are not going to understand your boundaries. If if you're like me in that way, if someone's like me, they may not understand your boundaries, but it, and we're going to get into this, but you have to assert them. So at least they will respect them. Yeah. You'll have respect for the fact that you have them. Um, When I think about boundaries, just broadly, a couple things come to mind. One would be you know, stereotypical in-laws or, or issues with parents. Like once we're adults, issues that, you know, we have with our parents still. And I, and I even watched this with my own, my own son, who's 21. Like I have to, and I, I have to say I've been really good. And I think, um, I think it's because of my own experiences, not to say anything bad about any of my parents or in-laws, but you, you, you become more aware, like, okay, I'm going to do this, um, with my child. I, I never want them to feel this way or whatever. So, um, with, but we, we feel entitled to our children, to mm-hmm. our children's time, to their attention, to, and so, um, there could be that, um, there's an entitlement aspect, I think with, with just about anybody who's going to breach someone's boundaries, um, with, with most of these scenarios, um, what are some of the scenarios that you are coming across most often where people are having a difficult time setting them? Um, well, I think again, too, it's that, that huge fear of like not wanting to hurt the person's feelings and overstepping, but again, the other person's overstepping their boundaries. Yeah. Um, so like a good example, um, I had a client once where, um, you know, she had two children and her mother would come visit every year and visit the grandchildren. And the mom had very rigid rules in her house because she was a single mom. And so she wanted to enforce responsibility for her kids to do their, their, you know, household chores. Right. And so when the grandmother would come visit, she wanted to be a grandmother and just kind of spoil the kids. And she would kind of take over and do all the household chores for the, the two children. And so the mother's getting, you know, my client, she's getting really upset about it because she's like, my mother's not adhering to my boundaries. Right. And so a conversation had to be, you know, held, which was very hard for her to do because she thought, well, if I, if I share this with her or tell her, she's never going to come visit again. Right. Which wasn't the case, but I mean, that was the fear. So it took her a long time to kind of get to that point of like, expressing how she felt and letting her know like this is the reason why I have these boundaries in place for my children and I need them to be respected in that in in cases like that sometimes it's just a misunderstanding oh it's just like they don't realize they think they're being nice and helpful and they don't realize and sometimes it just takes us you know having explaining it you Mm -hmm. know to be I mean for me even like if I somebody sits me down and explains something that I didn't know you know when you know better you do better I mean hopefully right you know, hopefully. Hope so. <laughs> um but you know i guarantee the mom wasn't trying to you know um yeah so disrespect her in any way but also to like in that scenario the kids were witnessing her or could witness that as being like a disrespect disrespect towards their mom like oh she can override her rules or whatever right yeah um also too money um that might be a big one for people i know i know you have a story about something that occurred with someone who tried um getting you to spend or send them money. Right. You being a therapist though, obviously, you know, the importance of boundaries, but I know you, and I'm sure you had some human emotion attached oh, yeah. to that when, when that occurred, do you want to share the story? And yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's an interesting story because this is a, a very close friend of mine with the situation happened. And so 
she um it sounds kind of silly but it, i mean it's important why it's I not this boundary it's not so so at the time she was struggling financially and she had one day sent me a picture of her like in a dentist chair at the dental office and she just basically said you know i i, I can't pay for my dental bill can you send me money um, via cash app which is kind of like venmo just randomly on just, the spot. just randomly like i hadn't heard from her for like months and then all of a sudden just like this text came through and i'm like this is kind of strange and of course like me being me like i want to help if i can i'm not going to question it right. um and then my husband who's a logical one <laughs> you know was like no you're not going to do that and so he said he suggested you know why don't you just like let her know that you're going to call the dental office and you'll make the payment over the phone well, she didn't agree to that. She kind of proceeded to say, well, you know, can you send me the money, um, direct deposit to my bank account? And then I started to think like, this is really strange. This is really strange behavior. Why wouldn't she just want me to pay her bill? Cause that's right. what she was asking. And so I had to set that boundary like right then and there, because I knew if I didn't, and I would provide the money to her, that this might be like an ongoing issue. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to like feel uncomfortable with her with around money. Yeah. And so I basically told her, you know, I can, I offered again, I'll call the dental office and I'll pay the bill. And she didn't respond back. Here's the thing with the, with the money. Um, I always say, um, if you have money and you're, and you're not giving it, it's mm -hmm. very little to do with the money and more to do with the boundary for, in, in my own experience. Yeah. Um, if somebody's asking for an amount that is inconsequential to us to give them, it has obviously has very little to do with the money, but more about the boundary because some people you give them an inch and they take a mile. Exactly. And this money is just one example of that, right? So mm -hmm. this is in all areas, but um, that's a tricky one too because the, it's it's um, issues like money or those kinds of situations that really tend to be the one the issues that really can um, I don't know they they seem to be break or. Um, the most damaging, yeah, I should say. Friendships and yeah, you know, relationships with family members. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I didn't want to like set that premise of like I'm going to help this one time, and then there's an expectation that yeah. I'm to help every single time. I've had that before. Mm -hmm. I've had and and it's so uncomfortable and it's, it's so very... awkward and it's like oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like I could totally give it, but I don't want them to keep thinking I'm an ATM. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's so rough. and that was hard because they spent a lot of time just staring at my phone. Like, what do we do with this? Right. You know and. Right. And I, and honestly, probably I would have just given her the money if my husband wasn't like, wait a minute. Cause you wouldn't have questioned it. Back. I wouldn't question it. Yeah. It's a friend in need. Like I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, but, but there's other reasons to maybe think that she was just trying to get money for another reason. Yeah. That's when, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you mentioned, um, some people it's as simple as even like social media, like adding you, I've had this where it's like, well, I haven't had that all. I mean, it's happened like maybe <laughs> once or twice, but I understand, um, happens to you probably a lot more, um, where people want to add you on social media and they want to follow you and watch what you're doing. And it's like, no, no you know, yeah. and obviously you as a therapist, what's been your experience with that? I've had a lot of friend requests on social media from, from former clients and even current clients. And, you know, in this profession, you have to have very solid boundaries around that. So and it's an important reasons why for safety, number one. Yeah. And so it, it's a hard conversation to have with clients because, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings either because yeah. not that they're trying to be your, per se, your, your friend, but they just want like that connection. And so I've kind of started in my therapy sessions now when we do the um, consent process 
is to kind of go over the social media aspect. Like, you know, I'm not allowed to add you as a friend. You can't request me just to make it very clear in the beginning in, in, instead of like waiting till it happens. And then it's more uncomfortable to talk about it then. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea. I think, you know, we, we spoke about this in the pre-interview. I think with your profession in particular, it's hard because yes. I'm, I'm sure like your clients, some of them probably have never told uh, most of the people in their lives with they, what they're telling you, mm -hmm. you know, and in their experience, a, a, a long-term connection with you, you right. know, everything. And so it's only natural to want to develop like a friendship or a kinship or with, with that person. I mean, that's a natural, but it's like at the end of the day, this is a professional mm -hmm. relationship. And oh, that's, that's so hard because it's not as if it's like, I don't like you. It's it, it's important. Right. For, it's important for the integrity of this therapy session right. that we yeah, keep it professional. Well, and there's been many um, examples I've heard of even like fellow colleagues of mine where they kind of overstepped those boundaries and were put in harm because the really? client would like find where they lived and came to their home. And so it's, it's really more about the safety piece more than anything. Really? Okay. Because, I mean, again, to even these days, you know, you can find someone so easily online, um, find all the information about them. But I remember in grad, graduate school, one of my um, classmates that happened to her. Mm -hmm. And so she really regretted the fact that she even, you know, yeah. added this person to social media, but she learned. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, wow. Um, yeah. I would think that would be um, fewer than like, I probably most people would just be like, Oh yeah, I like her. I want to see, right. like, I want to see what her personal <laughs> life is like, what's her family like, what's her, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. <clears throat> okay. So obviously the word boundaries, it's like the word du jour right now. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't know, I think, I think that in French, that means word of the day or <laughs> something. <so. laughs> That's my husband. He speaks French, um, similar to, you know, narcissism and gaslighting, but I think it's because all, you know, all three of these issues will oftentimes coexist. Um, and the public just has a name for it now, like where we did it before. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in previous years and where I'm going with this is there seems to be a particular type of person or personality who is drawn to people who have no boundaries. I used to attract them, um, because they can, they can extract what they need from their relationship right. without really any consideration. And I'm sure it can, you know, this, this can lead to all kinds of trust issues from the person they're doing this to. Um, and in some ex more extreme cases, I, I think even abuse, right. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. abuse of, of power or whatever. Um, so I'm going to ask you for some tips on how to set healthy boundaries, but first let's walk through the three different styles. So we have rigid porous and healthy. And I think there are five different types, which is physical, emotional, sexual, time, and intellectual. So right. I'm going to go through these for the listeners in terms of the three styles, rigid, porous, and healthy. Obviously the healthy style seems like the one we should be aiming for. Um, but what does it look like when somebody's boundaries are, are rigid or porous or like, what's the biggest difference between the three? Well, for rigid boundaries, an example of that would be people who avoid intimacy and close relationships. So they're, they're more unlikely to ask for help from other people. Um, they have very few close relationships, um, very protective of their personal information. Um, they may seem like a bit detached, um, even with their romantic partners. Um, and they just kind of keep other people at a distance just to avoid the possibility of rejection. Mm -hmm. um, so again, that's not a healthy version of a boundary because you're so closed off to everybody. You're not letting like anyone in. Yeah, that's almost like it's too much of a, yeah. too strong of a boundary. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the second time is porous boundaries. And those are just people who overshare their personal information. 
um, have more of a difficulty saying no to requests of other people. Um, they're often over-involved with other people's problems um, and just really dependent on the opinions of others. And they they are accepting the abuse or disrespect. So they kind of let people like, like walk all over them um, and they fear rejection. And obviously this is why they just kind of let people in with no yeah. no question. Um, and they just don't, they, they just don't comply with others' wants or needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what do you see the most of? I would probably say more of the poorest. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been both. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm coming out of a rigid time. I definitely was poorest for most of my life. And then I was very, very rigid. Um, but it's, it's because, um, fear but what led me to that was feeling like I couldn't trust anybody to respect my boundaries and this is no one person or like right. it's not it's it's more of a it's it's my own like I'm I'm quick to take accountability I realize like I'm not really great at this you know I'm really good at sacrificing myself to for the cause or whatever for other people yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um I knew like for me it was like I needed to become rigid to like, for me, that was a, a way of protecting myself. Like mm -hmm. I closed off myself from everybody and everything for years. And now I'm like trying to become more healthy. Um, so, but you're, but the poorest thing to me sounds more like um, people pleasing wow, more um, needing to be accepted and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of fall in the same category too, as I used to be part, partly rigid, more porous. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of learned like, can't do, you know, kind of to kind of go towards more of the healthier boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So we have the five types. So we're going to go through them and give examples for why each of them are important. We have, okay. So physical boundary, that's the first one. Why, why is it important to have a physical boundary or like, what's an example of one? Um, well, I mean, this just kind of refers to personal space and physical touch. Um, I mean, to have a healthy physical boundary includes like just having like an awareness of what's appropriate and what's not. Um, in various settings and in different types of relationships, you know, it's more about like, should I hug that person? Should I shake their hand or should I give that person a kiss? Kind of like determining like, oh. what's, what's appropriate. I know that can be hard in many situations. Yeah. Um, even like a handshake, some people kind of like yeah. reach out and then they pull back. Like, yeah. should I do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, with physical boundaries, I mean, they can be violated if someone, you know, obviously touches you and you don't want them to, or when they invade your personal space, which that to me is a huge one. Yeah. Um, like close talkers. Yes. <laughs> yes. How do you deal with that? It's so hard. I actually so had an experience hard. not too long ago where I was um, at a friend's house and there was, uh, the person was like drinking, you know, alcohol, not, not intoxicated, just kind of had a little bit too much to drink very close proximity to me, like almost like sitting on my lap and just very, became very emotional. So it was really hard because like the personal space was a problem. The rest I could deal with, right. but the personal space is like, this is too close for comfort. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I, um, <clears throat> I used to work in a job where I was a property manager and, and I did leasing and leasing agent and did tour apartments and stuff. Um, it's before I married Mark and, um, I, some people would come in because you stand to greet them and they come in and they will walk you know usually it was men I don't know I don't know women didn't tend to do it to me as much but they'd walk right up to you and then I just and I would back up but then I thought you know what would happen if I didn't move are they just gonna like stay there push me over <laughs> right so they when I 
when I stood firm and did not move, they actually did realize like how close they got to me and then they stepped oh. back. But I don't know if it's a power thing. Like they're trying to assert their, I don't know if it's that, or I know a lot of people too, when they talk, um, and I, I don't mind this so much, but I'm sure some people would, um, they like to, you know, like tap or touch or touch, so they yeah. hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, that stuff I don't mind, especially if it, I mean, obviously if it's a woman or if I know you or whatever, but, um, the close talkers to me, well, you'll have me backing up all around the house. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like right. It's like a dance. <laughs> so what do you do in those scenarios? It's hard because you also, you also have to take in consideration culture because some cultures, True. close proximity is accepted. So if you don't know the person's culture and they're kind of like getting so close to you, like how, how, you're not going to know that. Wait, what, what, what about that is cult is why is that? Why is the culture relevant? Probably because of the eye contact. Some oh. cultures really like to have really clear eye oh. contact, whereas like most Americans, we do eye, con- eye, eye contact, but not. That's not. I never ever considered yeah. that. Right. Wow. But if you don't know the person's culture and you're like trying to back away, they're going to probably take it as a form of disrespect. Right. Oh, that's so good to know. Mm-hmm. That's so good to know. Wow. Okay. Um, but you really can't. I mean, can you say something though? So Not really. <laughs> so, you can't. I mean, I guess what you would, your body language would say it. You would just sort of back up or maybe cross, cross your arms. Right. Or like something. Give yourself more space. Give yourself the, yeah, um, send a signal. I mean, I'm sure some people would not have any problem speaking up. I know some of those people would be like, what are you doing? You're like, back right. off. Okay. Um, but then some people don't even attention to those cues at yeah, all and they just kind of keep on with what they were doing because it's normal for them exactly and most people wouldn't say anything mm-hmm. okay so how about an emotional boundary um well that just refers to obviously a person's feelings um if you have healthy emotional boundaries um that includes like limitations of when to share and basically what to share and when not to share um you know because it's important to like determine like is it appropriate for me to share this personal information with this person that I don't maybe really know. Um, you need to kind of like determine that for yourself. So it's like a personal boundary that yeah. your own personal emotional boundary. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like an example of this would be like you know if you gradually share personal information like during the development of a relationship. I mean that's appropriate because you're getting to know the person. Yeah. Um, but if you're kind of revealing everything to that person like from the get-go that's not healthy because you don't know this person well enough and I, I just always go back to the thing about safety right you know why do people do that you know they might just feel really comfortable with the person or they feel they, feel they just have to expose everything like right from the from their gate just mm. I don't you know it's hard to everyone's reason is different those people like me they, they do that <laughs> I get that all the time I'm sure you do I do I'm sure you do yes um yeah, I find that I, the life stories come out very quickly. Very quickly. But weirdly, like, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't, see, I don't either. Weirdly, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I could be somewhere where I don't even know, like, a good example, I was at this event one time, and um, this friend of ours had come up to me and told me this friend of hers was having a really difficult time emotionally, and asked if I could go talk to him, and it, it was kind of an awkward situation. I'm like, well, yes, I can, I don't really think it's appropriate, like, with the setting, but I did. And I mean, he just unloaded everything. Didn't know anything about me. Didn't even, I mean, I think he knew I was a therapist, but like besides that, didn't know anything about me. I think with therapists, there is an uh, understanding that you're probably the least judgmental person in the room because yeah. you've heard it all. And you're a safe person. And you're safe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with me, obviously I'm not a therapist, but I think because 
I ask so many questions, people just go, oh, well, she doesn't care. I'll just keep talking, you know, and I, when they're right, I usually don't care. Um, that's funny. Okay. So yeah. So people do, I, yeah. So you think they do that because they're, they're, if they're not trying to win people over, they're more, I don't know. Why do they think that? I, I always wonder, like, do they just need somebody to talk to? That's what, that's usually what it is. And yeah. in, in that example that I gave to you, I think you just really need someone to vent to. Mm. And I was the person. Yeah. Cause uh, that takes a lot of, um, you have to have a pretty strong capacity to be able to take on somebody's. Right. Yeah. You know, that's something with me personally, I don't tend to vent to people at all. Mm-hmm. Um, except for my, my poor husband. Um, <laughs> but because I feel like that takes a lot of capacity to be able to hold on to somebody's stuff, you exactly. know, and it's like not everybody has that. So I don't know. Um, okay. So a sexual boundary. Um, that just refers to emotional, um, either intellectual, physical aspects of sexuality. So if you have a, a healthy sexual boundary, that's basically just involves mutual understanding and respect of limitations, whether that's like desire between sexual partners. Um, but you know that can be violated by an you know unwanted sexual touch mm-hmm. or just that pressure to engage in sexual acts or even having you know hearing sexual comments. Right. Um, and it's really important to have these boundaries because it helps you really articulate the behaviors that make you feel safe mm-hmm. and respected. Um, and not just in terms of like sexual relationships, this means like in all relationships. Right. Right. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Like you've been talking about the subject with certain people mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Does this come up a lot in therapy for people? You know, more of the physical boundaries actually come up than mm-hmm. the sexual boundaries. Okay. So basically, I mean, this is more, okay. So basically the conversation around sex and, and, and that, and then also to maybe with, if you're dating or, or with somebody who is trying to pressure you or push mm-hmm. you into something you're not comfortable with having a boundary and being able to assert it without feeling mm-hmm. like you're going to hurt their feelings or whatever. And there's a way to do that, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a way to, and that's the thing I always say with boundaries and with some of these more awkward conversations it's not what you it's like how does how you say it mm-hmm. when you say it where you say it what we pick sort of like the right time and place and like mood and you know you pick and choose that wisely and um and if you do it with good intentions then hopefully they'll walk away understanding and they won't feel hurt or offended or rejected right but you have to communicate that and that's yeah. the part that people have difficulty doing is Again, they don't want to like hurt the person's feelings. Yeah. And I actually have a client right now that is kind of struggling with this right now where she's in a relationship and she's not really sure about the relationship, but there's pressure from the partner to engage in sexual activity. And she's just not really, you know, really wanting to pursue that. Right. So we're talking about like, you have to have these boundaries set in place and you have to communicate to your, to your partner that this is not really what you're wanting. Yeah. Um, so her, her boundaries are very porous. Oof. Very porous. Oof. Is she afraid that if she does, that she'll lose? Yes. Her, oh. She'll lose him. Yeah. But at what cost? I mean, it's like, I know mm, there's the cost issue, right? So we're doing like, the pros and cons. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it, like, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit too. It's like, there is such thing as compromise, obviously in yes. all areas where that rigidity sort of gets flexible. Um, it's important to know where you're willing to compromise and where you're not. And only we know that for ourselves, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, boundary around time. Um, the time one is more just, you know, really focusing on your your value of time. Yeah. Not, not being late to things, respecting other people's um, capacity for like, you know, if you have an appointment, like making sure you're on time. Um, that's a, that's a, it, that's it, common. It's a, it's a, yeah, that's a hard one for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's basically how you use, how you use your time. Yeah. Um, if you have a healthy time boundary, then you must set aside like enough time for each, you know, facet of your, of your life, like work, relationships, hobbies. And sometimes we kind of overstep that, especially like, I think more for work, overwork, many long hours, not really respecting the fact that I have a family at home and they want me to be there at a certain time for dinner um, and just kind of, you know, socializing. And if you're working all hours a night, you're going to miss out on all of that. Right. That really extends. That's has a far, far, further reach than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I do think that um, again, it's when you have like a person in your life, a client, a, um, a partner, yeah. um, whatever, somebody you're working with that is habitually late. That's always a hard conversation to have, you it know, is. too, because it's like, and because it, it's because you know that for them it's it's not. I mean, I can always forget like a one off here and there. Right. If it's five minutes or whatever. But when somebody's a bitch, I had one time I was working with somebody. I'm not going to say go into detail, but I, I had somebody who I saw regularly on an ongoing basis for a, a professional marine relation. What I, I was paying them for a service. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want, um, not really a relationship. That doesn't sound appropriate. I'm paying them for this. But anyways, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but this person, um, ran habitually, well, she's, she's not going to listen to this. I'll just say, um, one of her, my hairdressers a couple of years ago who did, um, my extensions, mm-hmm. um, I have hair extensions. <laughs> you didn't know. Um, I never when I, yeah, you told no, me. I know. Um, she was always at least 45 minutes oh, wow. um, always uh, for my appointments. And, they, and those appointments take a while, you know, to do. And so I always had to, like, if the appointment was at 10 a.m., it was usually wouldn't really get started until 11. And it's like, at what point do you, and it's always like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, always, right? Right. I end up just changing, instead of like having the conversation, I end up just changing your stylist. <laughs> and that's something that I do. Like, mm-hmm. I do that. Like, I'll just... I'll find somebody else because I'd rather not have to have this conversation. Because it's awkward. Yeah. So what, I mean, I don't know. Am I, is that stupid of me or silly of me to, I should, I should know how to have, I'm, I'm a grown woman. I should know how to tell somebody like my time's valuable. Like literally you're an hour late all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. What would you do? I That's a hard one too, because <laughs> I'm the same way as you. I would probably want to avoid that conversation. Yeah. But if we always avoid, we're not confronting it and it's never going to change. I mean, yeah, you can switch hairdressers, right? Mm-hmm. But what if you really enjoyed how she did your hair and you're going to miss out on that? So, right. and you know, the funny thing is like, we worry so much about like what the other person is going to think that usually when we have a conversation, it's not, it doesn't go, the outcome's not as it's neat true. as we think it is. It's true. It depends though. I feel like there are some people that just in life are just, um, habitual offenders in some areas and they're not going <clears> to <throat> if they've reached a certain age they're not going to change like with yeah. my kids at 15 and 21 they're malleable i can say like listen this is not going to fly mm-hmm. you've got to change this behavior like and they're they're flexible they're malleable because they're young but you get somebody that is in their late 50s you know it's going to be a harder too. yeah, yeah so change. i don't know i mean i guess it's worth it to have that conversation if 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 you value the service enough to not want to change it, but I found someone they're doing a good job. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Well, and even going back to that too, even if you have the conversation, maybe for her, she's not really, I mean, she, I mean, she's probably obviously aware that she's late, but if she, oh, yeah, if she's you very accept apologetic. it, if you accept it, she's going to never change her behavior. Right. So yeah, she was very apologetic every time, which tells me she knows she's late, Yeah, but she does not, 
she, she doesn't care enough to change it. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, I think she even vented to me one time about a client that got mad at her. Like, oh, my client so mad. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, you're like, I'm one of them. And I'm one of them. I'm just not letting you know. Um, okay. So intellectual boundary. Um, that just refers to our thoughts and our ideas. So if you have like healthy intellectual boundary, that just includes respecting, you know, for other other people's ideas um, and just having like an awareness of appropriate discussion. You know, should we talk about weather or should we talk about politics? Because certain topics with certain people, you know, is going to cause a huge, yeah. huge controversy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so that's so it's like, like I respecting their ideas what exactly. you're saying, or their viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can be difficult too, especially if you don't know the person and you start to talk about a topic that maybe they don't really want to talk don't about and then you've already done it and you're like, what do I do now? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You and I didn't even start talking about some of these topics well into like, I knew you for months before we even started talking. Remember? Yeah. It's like, you don't do that. You get to know the person and you first. find out like, are they somebody that can have a discussion and they don't agree with you? Um, are they going to be upset? Or are they going to respectfully disagree? You have to kind of know who you're dealing with. I, I mean, I guess some people just don't care and they're going to assert whatever their viewpoint is regardless. Right. But if you have respect for the other person, yeah. Um, I mean, this is just important to have because if you don't have these intellectual boundaries, I mean, then your views of what you believe is going to be disrespect and dismiss. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a touch. This is a touchy one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, aside from like religion and politics and things of that nature, what else, where else does this apply? Is it like, um, like fields of, um, of interest or fields of like work or whatever? Like it could be, I mean, it could be parenting. Oh Some yes. Some have very different viewpoints in parenting, very sure. strong or even vaccinations. Yeah. Children, that's a huge one. Huge. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the parenting one we just had on, um, Last week or two weeks ago, I had on, um, I had on moms. We talked about parenting, oh, like the idea behind like how long to breastfeed, how, you know, whatever, all that stuff and, mm-hmm. um, you know, co-sleeping and all that. And people are very judgmental about it. Um, vaccinations, you could do a whole, oh, you could do, you a, could whole, do a whole episode on yes. that. So <laughs> maybe at some point. Um, <clears throat> okay. So we spoke in the pre-interview about the role that confidence plays in setting boundaries. Um, when you, when you do set boundaries, they, people don't tend to mess with you as much. Right. And there's like a respect. I, I noticed this for me personally. Um, it was very obvious. Um, my, my health improved so much when I started setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, my mental health improved. Um, my overall stress levels improved. Um, and I think that that improvement is what actually gave me the confidence to stick with it mm-hmm. um, because I knew it was working. And it's hard to ignore when something's working, like to go backwards. Like now I know what I know and I'm not going to go back. No, why would you? Yeah. Um, but I will say this for people pleasers or recovering people pleasers like myself, it is especially challenging to get it to, to start because people know you, they know you a certain way. Right. They expect a certain behavior or, and they don't expect a certain behavior. So when you change initially, it's uncomfortable for people, but again, it all comes back to like the way you do it. And I'm not going to say I did it perfectly. I know I actually did it because I, I just disappeared is what that was. (laughs) That was my boundary. That's how I introduced it. I am not getting back to people and whatever I'll become unreachable. But, um, how, um, are you finding that like with people, please just like, what do you, what do you do with people like that? 
I mean, it's hard because, you know, I, I admit that I used to be a people pleaser and maybe some capacity still am at times, just depends on the situation. And who you're dealing with, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. everyone's different. Um, because again, the same thing, I didn't want to offend or hurt anyone's feelings. And I thought, well, it's just easier if I just go along with what others want. Yeah. No conflict, you know. Because you're easy. naturally flexible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe too flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, but it, it took me a long time to implement my own boundaries and kind of like identifying like what are my boundaries? I mean, you kind of know, you know, somewhat what your boundaries are, but you have to really clarify what they are. Um, and I realized like when I did set the boundaries that people actually, they they tend to be more be more respectful. It wasn't like a huge issue like I thought it was going to be because I thought, oh, if I still all these boundaries, no one's going to like want to talk to me or hang out with They're me. They're difficult. Exactly. And all these rules are being put in place, but it actually was like the opposite because there's no, if you have these boundaries, good solid boundaries in place, there's no confusion. A person right. can't overstep you. They know exactly who you are, what you stand for, what your rules are. So to me, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. It's just hard to implement them. I would think with you, it would be hard in friendships because um you would be everybody's go-to person because they know that you're um that that you're credentialed mm -hmm. and um so like i mean i could think of so many i'm not a person that will that goes to people so i right. would it wouldn't be someone like me but if i was that kind of person you'd be the person i'd call <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> lie you know what i mean right because you're gonna have the best insight advice you're gonna be probably the least least biased um, the least judgmental. So do you ever have that with friendships where you have to be like, I've had in the past because I'm a therapist sure. doesn't mean I'm your therapist. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I think people kind of pick up on it after a while because they kind of like pause for a second and say, Oh, I'm sorry. You probably don't want to talk about this <laughs> or maybe I should, yeah. you know, talk about this with someone else. I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't mind giving like some advice or just kind of listening, but if it's like, always becoming this thing where like it's always routine where they're always calling me or asking me then yes it's, it's going to become a problem yeah. they don't want to be their friend i don't want to be yeah you know friend and therapist you have to it's separate it's so hard it's separate. And, yeah and you have a hard and fast rule that if you're someone's therapist you can't be right friendship. i mean that's yeah. just kind of part of that's part of the work right yeah 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 the ethics behind all of that too is you know you cannot mix friends with work and you can't you can't enmesh that way it, it's it would too complicated therapy would not be successful i actually saw a meme or it was like a reel or video that was like um a therapist a therapist it was like a therapist ig instagram page and she posted it of like this girl crying on video because it said um just met my new client i totally would want to be friends with her but i can't because she's my client and it was like <laughs> anyway and i was like oh i didn't realize it was obviously it was funnier than i'm making it seem but right. anyways but yeah it's like what if you you meet somebody and they're, they're like man this super this person's super cool like i could totally like go out for coffee go out for lunch mm -hmm. you know whatever but yeah um okay <clears throat> okay so where do we leave off um okay what are some tips where tips we can share with our listeners on how to set healthy boundaries within an existing relationship and, you know, just in life and like everyday interactions, how to assert your bound. It sounds so, I know, asserting assert your boundaries. Your boundaries. <laughs> I think there's so a way to do it, but anyway, right. um, yeah, give us some tips. So first you have to know your limits and that's just be before you become involved in a situation, you have to know what's accept acceptable to you and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And kind of going back to your values. Um, and it's best to be as specific as possible, or you might be pulled into that trap of giving just a little bit more over and over until you've given too much. Yeah. And then you kind of fall back into the old patterns of like me, like your poorest boundaries. 
So you really have to know what your limits are. Okay. Um, again, going back to knowing your, what your values are, um, every person's limits are different. So they're often determined by their personal values. Um, and I think that's really important. Some people don't really clearly know what their values are. So mm -hmm. you really have to, before you can set a boundary, you have to know what those are. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, if you value family love all else, um, you might lead, this might lead to like stricter limits of like how late you're going to stay at work. Like the example I gave earlier, um, if you're working all, all hours of the night and not, you know, kind of coming home, being with your family, that's, that's, that's a, a problem because it, it's kind of showing that you don't value your family. I'm going to ask you, uh, so, um, I gotta itch my ear. Hold on. Okay. Um, so it, I'm thinking back to my former self, like when I was very horse, horse, <laughs> I know um, that word. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just, yeah. And it, I think, okay, what were my values? Did I have values? And I just, I can say my, what my values were. My values were wanted to be liked, mm -hmm. wanted to be accepted. I wanted to fit in. Like these were my values and yeah, were my values like ultimately like my family and my home and more important. Yes, they were, but those things weren't going anywhere right? in my, in my mind. They're going to stay. Cause yeah. Yeah. They're the other things I would put above everything. I would literally take time away from, um, the things that were actually important mm -hmm. to be subservient to these other things, because I was so afraid of not being liked, not being accepted or being, not being rejected, whatever, you know? So we have our actual values and then we have the values for right now. Like mm -hmm. this is so, yeah. So I think that that can be tricky. I think, um, and now a lot of the, a lot of this like self-awareness and like yes. really like, um, therapy maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. All right. Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. Kind of goes back to like some sort of negative thinking. Yeah. Cause you're thinking like, if I don't adhere to what these other people want, then they're not going to like me or, and is that really true? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that your, the things that are actually very, very important are less important because you are putting this step over and above. You have a fear. Yeah. And that fear is overshadowing what's really important. Right. And I think that the the bottom line here is like that fear needs to fade away. Mm -hmm. And then you put those things um, in the appropriate order where they belong, um, those relationships, friendships, whatever, and work, you know, whatever. But I think fear keeps us from doing that. Oh, so you know? much. And yeah. that's the thing that we, we all need to work on. I think that if the fear gets diminished, then everything is, is in order, in the order it should be. So, all right. And, yeah. and kind of go back to what I said earlier too, with the fear. I mean, when you're setting boundaries, you assume that people are not going to be receptive to the rules or boundaries you're setting for yourself when actually like in many, many cases, it's not true. So that fear diminishes because you see the outcome like, oh, I thought this was going to, this is what was going to happen or this person is going to take it in a completely different way and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Then that fear diminishes, but your mind is so powerful that it kind of tries to convince you that, no, this is what's going to happen. This is how the people, this is how this person is going to receive me now. Yeah. It's also too like, um, if somebody is going to like write you off because you have a boundary, I mean, it sounds, I, I know it sounds trite to say this, but do you really want that person in your life? Yeah, you Again, know. I mean, no, we hear that kind of like, do you really want that kind of person? But it's true. Like ask yourself, like, is that the kind of person you, is that the kind of person mm -hmm. you are? You know, would you do that to somebody else? Why would you let somebody do it to you? Exactly. So, okay. All right. Moving on. What do we have next? Um, And then, you know, listening to your emotions, you know, if you notice feelings of discomfort or resentment, then obviously don't bury those feelings. 
um, you have to really try to understand what your feelings are um, and what they're telling you. Um, because again, resentment, for example, can often be traced to feelings of being taken advantage of. And we definitely want to avoid that. That's kind of getting out of that porous boundary category. You're, again, that category of being taken advantage of. Right. In situations. Right. Um, and then having like self-respect. I mean, you always have to get, you know, if you always give into other people, I mean, ask yourself, are you showing much respect for yourself? Right. And you're not. Yeah. Because you're letting everyone overshadow you and just kind of take control. Mm -hmm. um, so boundaries that are, you know, too open might be due to misguided attempts to be like by, you know, like kind of like elevating other people's needs above one's own. So right. you know, this way, you know. Because their need is, well, see, I, I know because I've been there. You're because your need is your need is to be liked. Mm -hmm. So you are validating your need because all you care about is pleasing them so they like you and then therefore your need. But really that is a false need. Exactly. It's a fear, is what mm -hmm. it is. It's not a need. It's a fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So gosh, look at me. I, know, man. I, I am know. smart today. <laughs> I need to learn this. Okay. You sound right. like a therapist. I know. Hanging out with you for too long okay well, um, yeah. and then having respect for others i mean just being sure that your actions you know are not self-serving at the expense of others um i mean your interaction should not be about winning um or taking as much as possible and so you have to really consider what, like what's fair to everyone in this situation um and then giving the setting you know given the setting in the in the the relationship mm -hmm. you know you might win but it, it might come at a cost of the relationship's long-term health you know we don't want to jeopardize yeah. that yeah okay um and i mean this is a hard one for people because again being assertive we said that word earlier assert yeah but when you you know you when you know it's time to set a boundary don't don't be shy about it yeah the more you kind of delay it the, the more awkward it's going to become and that fear is going to you know kind of you know what too you said something to me that um that made sense uh, you were saying in our pre-interview you were saying that um sometimes and i mean this was a part, greater context was involved but we were talking about how like during a therapy session sometimes it starts to run long and we don't i mean if we are a client in a in the chair receiving therapy we don't have a clock in front of us so right. we don't know i know so you don't know when the time is up and and sometimes the client keeps going and going and going and you have to say um okay our time is up kind of thing and then they're like oh my gosh i'm and you said so a sorry. lot usually they're like i'm so sorry because a lot of the time they just don't know they didn't yeah. know. They're not trying to take too much time or waste right. or whatever. Um, I think that we worry about it being awkward for us when really sometimes it's awkward for them. And I don't mean that's awkward, but oh, what yeah. I mean is a lot of times, like if you set a boundary, they're going to, they're going to feel almost that that's stings, not the right word. Um, they're going to feel that boundary, um, a lot stronger than you probably will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that you're even saying it at all. So, um, and I'm not great at this, by the way, like I'm really not, I need, I, I just tend to just ignore things and hope they go away. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's been many times too, where I've had a therapy session and it has run over and I didn't have a client afterwards and I just kind of let it go. But then I'm thinking, I can't keep doing this because if I do, I'm setting this premise of like, this is, this is okay to do go, going forward. Yeah which, you know, next time I might have a client right afterwards and I can't do that. Yeah. So that, so it's, it's, it's very tricky and it's very difficult. Again, it's not about the thing. It's about like the principle. Exactly. Same with, yeah. with the money thing. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Yeah. I, I think, again, like what you said, it, it really comes back to we are always so worried about how we're going to come off. And really, when you set that boundary, immediately you're putting it on them and then they re- they see their own behavior yeah. immediately. And if they um, gaslight and turn it around on you, then walk away. Exactly. That's what I say. Right. Um, and just, you know, consider the long view. I mean, there's going to be some days you'll, you know, you'll give more than you take. Um, and we all do that. In other days, you'll take more than what you can give. Um, and just be willing to take a longer view of relationships when it, when they're appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're always like the one who's giving or taking there, that becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. The one that's giving or t- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes have to, some people I imagine, I do have to do this in my marriage a lot because my husband is such a rock. Right. And mm-hmm. so I could easily, if I was the kind of person that would, I could easily take advantage. Like I could easily take him for, you know what I'm saying? Cause right. he's such a, yeah. he's so he's solid a nice person, <laughs> 20 years. Like he just doesn't break. Right. Right. Um, but I have to set boundaries on myself all the time mm-hmm. because I could, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. so in, in no other relationship do I have that, but with him, I have to, because I love him too much to ever compromise his, right. in, the integrity of our, of our marriage of, of, of him. I never want him to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, it's like, but there are some people where the boundary issue is more about them, like like in that scenario, putting boundary on yourself. Yeah, not for the people, but, but for yourself. yourself. Like you have to stop yourself from taking advantage or taking for granted other people. Yeah. Oh yeah, it yeah. works both ways. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So boundary. I mean, everyone should have boundaries. It's. Really, I mean, I know it's uncomfortable, but again, too, it's not this thing where it's a negative thing. It's a positive thing because it's helping you. It's actually helping the other person too, even though you may not think that. Yeah, it is. It it is. People learn from you. Um, I feel like in the newer friendships that I've made since starting this podcast, because I met so many new people, like it's been really Mm -hmm. great. I have been approaching them so much differently. And um, I I notice it's, I think it's in the energy and the, and maybe the confidence. I'm not sure because I haven't had to like a certain boundary with anybody (laughs) yet, but, but yeah, I think that's energy you bring to the friendship. I think oversharing or overdoing it, that is um, a sure way to kind of hurting yourself. Yeah. You're hurting yourself. Exactly. Um, You're exposing yourself. You're making yourself vulnerable. Um, Yeah. I could, and it might come back later on to really hurt you in the end. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's just kind of like learning what, what, again, what is appropriate? What can I share? What can I not share? Um, yeah, that's, that's the hard part for the, for the link. Yeah, exactly. A lot to consider. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there any, anything else before we wrap up that we didn't cover? No, I think we pretty much covered the, the basics. Of, through a of lot. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I feel like this was a really productive discussion um, as well. Yeah. An important discussion because I really? mean, really everyone needs to have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And we can um, talk more about this too, because, well, first of all, thank you for letting us speak your brain, obviously. I, um, I wanted to let the listeners know that Katera will be joining me once a month um, here on the podcast going forward. We're going to pick a different topic each month to discuss on an episode. Um, a lot of the topics will be mental health related, but a lot of them won't be like right. maybe relationships or maybe, um, I don't know, we'll pick something, but it, it, we have so many things that we can talk about that are not directly oh, yes. related to mental health. Um, if there's one that the, you guys, the listeners, um, want us to talk about, please write us a review, send us a DM on Instagram, leave a comment if you're watching us on YouTube and let us know so we can add it to our list. Um, and thanks so much again for being here. Thank you for having me. And thanks guys for listening and we'll see you back here next week. Bye.
Bye. Bye. That's all for this episode of Humanity Unlocked. Do you have a personal story to share with us? We're all ears. Visit humanityunlockedpodcast.com and send us an inquiry. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe to hear weekly episodes of our show.